Welcome to the Master Mike Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me today is my first international guest all the way from uh, London. It is the host of The Problem With Men, Chris. Chris, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing good. I appreciate you asking. I'm, I'm real excited to have you on today. I'm, I'm really honored to be here. Yeah, this is our second time doing this intro, so if it comes off not genuine, guys, I'm sorry. We you had a small... Yeah, I think the intro, I think me introducing it sounded about the same, but Chris, seriously, thank you for being on. I'm super excited to have you. And before we get going, I meant to say this a second ago, uh, audience, I might sound a little bit different this time I'm dealing with allergies, so I apologize if I sound weird. Chris, let's talk about your podcast, man. I've, I've turned off all my fans and closed my window, so I'm slowly boiling away. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that crisp audio. So... The the problem with men, I got to tell you, when I first uh, when you first sent me the name of it, whenever you sent me the link and everything, I thought it was uh, going to be a podcast that was talking poorly about men, but I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I mean, it was a very clever play on words um, that has kind of come back and bit me a little bit because even before we released any episodes, we had emails of complaints coming through from guys that are just like, what are you doing? Um, but, you know, it, it's very fashionable to kind of be anti-men at the moment. And that's kind of one of the reasons we set up the podcast. And, yeah. you know, rather than it being complaining about men and, and calling and saying that men are our problems, we're, we're investigating the problems that men face. Yeah, I like that a lot. And um, I'm curious to see what my audience will say whenever they see the name of the uh, the show. But um, it really is it really is a very clever play on words because it it grabs my attention. And, you know, I told my wife I was having the, the host of Problem with Men on. And she was like, oh, that sounds like, yeah, that sounds like something I'd like. I can think of a lot of problems with men, you know, obviously joking and everything. But it really is just a very, very good, clean play on words. And it's very attention grabbing. You know, if I see that podcast, I'm going to at least click on it and read the at the very least I'm reading the description. And read yeah. some episode titles. I, I, I'm wondering now if we've got a, like a trail of very disappointed feminists, <laughs> or very happy feminists who are like, you know what? Maybe we do need to address these issues. So um, we definitely do need to address the issues. Exactly. And go ahead. Uh, what are some of the issues you guys? You are on as of recording. You guys have four episodes. By the time this is out, you'll have probably three or four more. No but um, go ahead. And what are some of the episodes you guys already have? Uh, so our first episode looked at the education gender gap. Um, so, you know, all throughout school, every measurable kind of moment in school, boys are falling way behind girls. <clears throat> and that's kind of across different countries as well. Um, we've done an episode about divorce, and, and science suggests that men are really terrible at dealing with divorce and kind of really, really struggle to get over previous relationships. And um, we've got an it, <clears throat> excuse me. We have an episode on fertility, and you know, highlighting the fact that sperm counts have kind of nosedived in the last few decades. And our last episode looked at body image. Now, the I've listened to part of the fertility episode, and just I'd say I listened to about twenty minutes of it. Um, 
And I got to say, I mean, it's very interesting, you know, it's not something, and you guys address it, you address it often in there. It's not really something that men think about until you have to think about it until there's a problem getting pregnant or anything like that. You don't really think about it. Right. Um, I've, I've never thought about it. You know. Yeah. I mean, I've literally never thought about it until listening to your episode, but we should think about it and we should look yeah. after our testicles for sure. And yeah, it's cause it's, you know, it's just the, you hear stories all the time and you had a guest, uh, not a guest. You had uh, you had interviewed somebody on there. Um, who was talking about their, I think their grandfather, their great grandfather who had a kid when he was 79 and another kid when he was like 81 or yeah. something like that. So you hear stories like that and it's like, Oh, I, you know, I could, I could have kids forever. You know? I mean, how, how aware are we of the female body clock? I mean, yeah, just roughly, you know, you hear 40 is really the age that it's like, Oh, you know, it's kind of, that's when it starts slowing down. So, you don't but really think about that it, with it, men. It's exactly the same for men, and yet that's never discussed. I didn't know that. It's you know, crazy, I thought right? the, I thought the, um, I thought the biggest issue with you know men fertility is with age, maybe um, uh, impotence. I think that's the correct word for that. Um, I think that's the correct word for that. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I know that, you know, that's typically like whenever I think of a male being infertile, I'm just like, oh, maybe it's, you know, age impotence caused by age or something like that. I don't think of actual sperm count decreasing. And I know you hear throughout, you'll hear throughout just here and there or whatever, that certain things can affect sperm count, but it's typically not permanent. Like I know hot tubs are not good. Like if you're constantly in a hot tub, that's not good for your sperm count and stuff like that. Yeah. But you don't think of things like to be nice and cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do hang uh they do hang lower from the body for for a reason. You know, like, it's... A, a, a lot of, a lot of our fertility is kind of defined when we're in the womb. So a lot of kind of our fertility is defined by our mother's lifestyle while she's pregnant. Yeah. I and, again, and then, that's Yeah, it's it's such an interesting topic and, Just... and one of the academics that I interviewed Richard Sharp like he spent forty years on something crazy, just dedicated to researching sperm, and he's such a fascinating guy. Yeah, and that's just—it seriously is—it's a topic that I appreciated learning more about, and I do—I am going to go back and finish the episode. And of the um, of the episodes I have completely listened to, I've listened to uh, the uh, the body image episode, yeah. and man, I mean, my audience listen to that episode first of all, listen to them all, but listen to that that episode um man or woman if you're a woman listen to it to help the men in your life if you're a man you're dealing with it so listen to that um but it really it really cuts deep in a good way talking about things that you don't hear talked about you know you have um for for women i mean you have a lot of body positivity being shared you get on social media you get anywhere and you you have a lot of body positivity being shared for women but for men it's you see, I see it more and more, kind of more now, but for the longest time, it's always like you're watching the action movies and you're looking at, you know, Rambo or yeah, just whoever, whatever superhero. I don't know why I went Rambo. I don't know why I went with a 40 year old example, but you know, you're watching, uh, you're watching Thor and you're seeing, uh, Chris Hemsworth and that's what you think you're supposed to look like. And that's very right. damaging. It, it's crazy because for the longest time we've known about the damage that, that these kind of perfect bodies have on women. 
and again we're kind of behind the curve on this so we're we're on, we're at the point where we're being targeted by the marketeers whereas women are already kind of beyond that and the marketeers are now like given versions of their products for for larger women for for women with skin damage and things like that so you know they know that they know the damage it causes but for men we're still being targeted by these commercials and these images yeah and i i can't think of how many times i've had like um just ads i've had like uh different uh mac weldon i think is like an underwear company i don't know if you've seen them or anything but you know, it's not it's not it's pretty fit dudes you yeah. know it's always going to be a fit guy and then you'll get um you'll get uh manscaped ads or whatever that are again pretty jack dudes like it's it's always you don't have a good representation no, throughout no. so yeah with every if every advertisement you're getting or you know anytime you go see a movie like i saw um you know, some Doctor Strange isn't really a good example for it. It's a superhero movie, but um, you know the any superhero movie you watch, which you know Marvel and DC are taking over the world. So you see these dudes who are just in perfect shape with una, unattainable for the average person because of just their money and it's, resources it's they have. Completely unattainable. I mean, yeah. you know, th- these people they spend six hours a day in the gym. They have personal trainers. They have nutritionalists. You know, and that's before you get into all the special effects and makeup and, and costume and stuff like that. You know, it's completely unrealistic. Yeah, it, it it is very damaging for people, and you know, it's hard to it's hard to separate. I guess you know, like what you feel like you're supposed to look like versus the reality of what you can look like. And it is something you know, I'm, I'm man enough to say, you know, it's something I struggled with. You know, it's it's hard whenever you see the perfect version of the perfect man and then you're you're looking in the mirror and you're like yeah i don't look like that at all and i don't even know how they get to that yeah so, and it, so it's, it's the risks that kind of come along with that too because you know i think there's we all have moments where there's something about ourselves that we don't like but when we kind of focus in on that that's when we're kind of starting googling dodgy diet pills or we're looking at steroids or we kind of sign up for a gym and we overdo it in the gym. And so, you know, there are really dangerous consequences to this as well. Yeah, for sure. And there is a, there's also a culture and this is audience. This is a lot of stuff that goes into a lot bigger, better detail on his, his, uh, on his show with professionals who studied this for their life or a personal experience and stuff like that. So please check out, uh, please check it out and everything. But, um, you know, there's a big culture and, you know, I, I don't know, and I'm sure it's the same in London, but in America, there's a big culture where there's the, uh, the protein powders, steroids, uh, I'm sure steroids and all that's everywhere, but like, it's, it's part of the culture. If you're going to work out, you probably are doing protein powder too. Not everyone, but protein powder is something that really annoys me because in the last five, 10 years, so many products have been adding protein and it's completely unnecessary for the average person, yeah. even the average person that goes to the gym every day. Like you really do not need extra protein in your diet unless you're like an Olympic athlete. Yeah, and then that kind of boils back to exactly what we're talking about. That's a different category of human. That's a, that's a whole different argument. Yeah, that's the same as the you know the superhero movie, or like the the guys in the superhero movies, because 
you're an Olympic athlete. I mean, that's your job, you know? Right. Yeah. That your job is to be in the gym six, seven hours a day, eat the best food with your personal, you know, you have your personal trainer, your, your nutritionist, all that. So then again, it boils right back to the, the same thing we we're saying about superhero movies. It's just for the average person, it doesn't make sense. I mean, for the average person, you have to work full time. You, you have kids to take care of. You're going to be knackered. You are going to go to McDonald's drive through It's just not not obtainable for most people. Exactly. But yeah, we'll move on from your episode. Sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to go through the whole thing because I think it's such a such a powerful and I'm very happy that I listened to it. it gave me a better perspective on on some things. But um, I did want to say your your show, and we were joking about this before it started before we started. But your show literally sounds like it's produced by like a mega like a just a really big company. It. I'm going to let you go in the details of the production, like what goes in the production and everything, but it does truly sound like it's like a BBC podcast or something. It, it does sound very professionally produced. And I just, I just want to kind of know like, you know, what goes into that? What's like your history? I, I think you kind of mentioned it already about like TV or something, but like what, what had you so prepared to produce such a high quality podcast? Like if, if you saw the corner of my bedroom where it's all recorded, you would be... <laughs> <laughs> you'd have a completely different idea um so my background is is documentaries and tv documentaries um so d- done a lot of things about poverty done some things about medical medical stuff and kids uh so that's my background and obviously covid kind of put a stop to a lot of that um Firstly, it made the, the logistics and going out of filming quite difficult, but also people didn't want to watch miserable documentaries about poor people. Um, Makes sense. And actually, you know, doing those documentaries about poor people and trying to find people to take part in those documentaries. Um, you know, I visited lots of soup kitchens, and it's all men that, that go to soup kitchens. You don't see women at soup kitchens. And you go to, like, street pastors and the street pastors are handing stuff out to men and it's very rarely women that are homeless and on the streets and so this idea <clears throat> excuse me of um of doing something that kind of highlighted the issues that men face has kind of been around for a while and then covid kind of gave us the opportunity to kind of start it it's a great time to uh i mean it was a great time to start everything it does. We were um, a little bit late. We, we should have started at the start of lockdowns and stuff, but you know. Hey, everyone started a podcast then. You started it late and you're good. You're better for it. Had more prep time. Yeah. Um, you do sound like... Now, those documentaries and everything, did you narrate those as well? Uh, no. So, obviously, with TV and documentaries, there's a bigger team involved. Um, so, so my role on most of those was kind of finding people to take part, finding the case studies, doing a lot of the research. Okay. Um, but yeah, they would, they would always be narr- narrated by professional voiceovers. I will say, um, you definitely, it, it's definitely obvious that you have the experience in the research of it, just because of how heavily researched and how many professionals that you have, uh, that you interview on there. It blew my... That's another reason why I thought, by the way, that it was produced by like uh, just a corporation because there's how many professionals you have, you have on the show. Um, but I do have to say you have a very good... Uh, you have a very good narration voice. So 
I'd love to know who had a better narration voice for you when it's coming to these documentaries and everything, because you do have a very good, <laughs> a very good narration voice. It's very easy to listen to. Um, and I, really, I, I just go I've ahead. Had, I've had a lot of feedback on my narration voice, and I find it very uncomfortable. Really, I hope it's all good. Uh, that yeah, you yeah, it's feedback. it's very good. It is it is weird whenever somebody compliments your voice, especially in your, when you're in a place where you can hear it quite often. Yeah, because. It's like, yeah, why do you like that? You know, but um, it's 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 never something you you really you never really think about how your voice sounds to other people, and obviously yeah, we, we have our own version of our voice in our heads, and and when when you first record it and play it back, you're just like, whoa, yeah, um, but you never really think about, you know, is is it? Do I have a good voice? Do I have a bad voice? So it's, in my it's head, been, it's been interesting. In my head, my voice is significantly deeper, and then I'll listen to a recording, and I'm like, that doesn't even. Who's that? Who's that guy speaking? You know, um, but no, I I do really have to just commend you for the just overall presentation of the show with the music in the background, the smooth transitions, just the amount of the amount of guests you have on there. I know it's not easy work to get guests, especially guests who are professionals in their field. I imagine that's even harder to get. So. so- Academics tend to be quite easy because they absolutely love what they do. They love their subject, and they're always trying to get funding for their subject. So the kind of the more pro, the more higher profile they, they get, the more funding they can get. So I guess academics that makes are sense. quite easy. Um, case studies that's incredibly difficult. Yeah, you had the uh, not to talk about the body image episode more, but you had a kid who or a guy. I think he was a kid when he struggled with it. So I said that, but you had a guy on there who. Um, struggled with uh he was anorexic for a bit and then he had um he did the diet he took the diet pills yeah so yeah. We, we we managed to get two case studies for the body image issue one of them was kind of just had negative body image issues and kind of took some dodgy diet pills and, and had a kind of nasty reaction from that and then the other the other kid we interviewed had a diagnosis of body dysmorphic disorder uh, which is kind of related to OCD, but yeah, they, they, we were quite lucky to find them because they've they've campaigned on the subject so that they've gone public with it already. So they were relatively easy to get hold of. Yeah, um, but we we tried to get a good case study for our divorce episode, and we just couldn't find anybody. No one would talk about their divorce. Yeah, I bet that's a weird thing to get somebody to talk to talk about. It, it it surprised me because so many people have gone through it and I, I honestly wasn't expecting it to be as difficult as it was but yeah it was it was really tough yeah and i guess that honestly kind of plays into really the th- I, i've not listened to the episode but as you were saying how men handle it uh tend to handle it a little bit worse than women do i mean it could just play into that just the men aren't handling it as well and are not ready to talk about it yet there's a great quote from one of the experts he he kind of done a load of interviews with with guys about their divorce and he interviewed someone who was like 70 years old and had had married and had kids and had grandkids and he, one of his lines was that he'd never felt as alive as he did with his first girlfriend oh my god and that just that just is devastating right that's insane because i mean that was assumably you know 55 ish years ago yeah but again Gosh. you know I can relate to that in my head. I can relate to that a little bit. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm single at the moment. It might be different if I'm in a relationship. But certainly, you know, when you're single and you're feeling a bit alone, there are, there are always those thoughts of what could have been. Yeah. I mean, that makes Whereas total women are sense. cold. Women are just like, I'm over it. It's done. <laughs> Your next podcast is going to be the problem with women. Yeah. No, just <laughs> that's a good way to get canceled right there. So don't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's... Um, I, I really think you're doing good work with your show. Just it, it's shining light on, on topics that, you know, people don't think about um, because we do unfortunately have a culture and, you know, I'll, I'll speak on America for this one. And I, I imagine it's probably pretty similar um, over in London, but we have a culture where, you know, the man doesn't show emotions is, you know, big burly manly guy big beard doesn't show emotions hard work and stuff like that yeah we don't talk about the we don't talk about the issues the mental issues because you know just like women we 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 suffer through mental issues um body image breakups you know there's two people in a breakup so all sorts of different things yeah it's really interesting everyone we've interviewed has kind of brought it up that that men don't talk about stuff and it's true we don't we we find it very difficult to be vulnerable around other people. Um, we find it very we find it very uncomfortable if someone opens up to us. Yeah. Um, and it's something that really does need to change because, like, you know, I can't remember the statistic off the top of my head, but I think it's seventy five percent of suicides are are men. So clearly, I think I've seen that statistic before. Clearly, something isn't working for us. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, for sure. Well, hey, we'll move on a little bit to kind of get to know you a little bit, the the person behind the show. So, um, you know, you said you started it through COVID, and it seems like you were pretty motivated from, you know, going to like the soup kitchen and seeing men and everything. But really, what made you? Outside of that, was there anything else that made you want to create such a meaningful podcast? I think what I noticed was, as as well as kind of the soup kitchens and things like that, is that there are kind of right-wing groups that are kind of capturing men's attention. And I, I think part of that is because, in many ways, we don't know where we quite belong in, in modern world. You know, where we're neglected in in many ways by the education system, by mental health teams. And I think there is an element where we don't know where we fit in the modern world. We don't know what we should be doing, what's right, what's wrong. And so I think a lot of people are turning to, to groups that kind of are taking advantage of that. Yeah. No, yeah, that's. Sorry, I just let me. I have been lost for words because I'm just thinking about, thinking about you know people in my life who take up arms for for groups, and it's kind of like why, you know? Yeah, I, I you know I think there is a sense of belonging within those groups. Yeah, and I I'm I'm gonna. I hate to say cults, but you know, that's why people join cults, right? You know, 
Um, you know, watch. Uh, I'm gonna use a uh, uh, the one that happened in Waco, Texas. Uh, the Branch Davidians out of Waco, Texas. Yeah, back in the '90s. And I mean, all those people that survived said the same exact thing. Just you know, we didn't have anything. It was a it was a place where we belonged. We had a community, and you know, the obviously the the Branch Davidians that was a uh, ultra. I would rough hard pressed to say Christian for it, but an ultra religious group. Um, and it wasn't about the religion for a lot of people. It was about the community is yeah. why they joined. Well, if you look at kind of incels, Proud Boys, um, yeah, things like that, you know, there there is a community there. There is a sense of belonging there. This is uh, on topic, but off topic. Is there Proud Boys in London? No. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> I was making sure that didn't jump, uh, jump the ocean. But, you know... The, We've got incels. We've got yeah. kind of men going their own way. For sure. And that's uh that's a very unique perspective that you have on that and a very I mean amazing reason for you to, to start the podcast to really just offer help to people. Because I mean really education is at the end of the day, education is the key to to enlightenment, you know. Yeah, and you know that's that's very important for me. It's giving people a voice that that maybe wouldn't necessarily have a voice, and kind of raising awareness of these issues that people are maybe not aware of. Yeah, and you, I mean you're doing a you're doing an amazing job for it, and I love the motivation. I love your motivation behind it. It's a very genuine motivation. It it doesn't seem it it, it seems very uh, very genuine. Is really what I'm trying to get at. It does yeah. seem like a very genuine motivation. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's awesome. Um, what's been like the hardest thing you've dealt with while creating your podcast? The hardest thing podcast related while creating your, your podcast? Um, I, I So I think the format of our podcast was, was maybe quite ambitious. Um, for those of you that haven't listened... Um, we we kind of do a bunch of research and then we interview four or five, maybe six or seven guests about that subject. And then I kind of script it into a narrative and kind of take the best quotes from the different interviews and stuff like that. And that is a hell of a lot of work. And I have ADHD. So the hardest thing every episode is trying to get that script together. I can imagine. I I suck with script, so yours um, is. I mean, yeah, it's clearly scripted, but in a good way. You know, it's not a bad script. No one listens to a, a documentary and says that's a bad script. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's clearly scripted, but in a very good, coherent way. But I can imagine that is a lot, a lot of work to get that just sounding good. And it, it uh, is. It is a lot. Of, so each interview is around forty-five minutes long as well, and we kind of cover the same thing with different people. So it's kind of like trying to find the highlights of those interviews and kind of make that into a story that kind of flows and kind of raises the issues and kind of hopefully comes up with some answers as well. Yeah. And it does it does portray that in a very very good way. How do you um I wish now you release weekly a very sim- simpler format. 
Yeah. Well, hey, uh, fortune favors the bold, right? I mean, this, um, this format seems amazing. Just record for 45 minutes, edit out a little bit. Perfect. That's pretty much it. You know, uh, hardest part for mine is finding the guest, but we have a very good community that's been helping me out a lot. So, um, but you, um, I, I, sorry, this is more a Reddit thing. I get really frustrated with people that kind of talk about struggling to find guests because you have the whole world out there. Yeah. You should be sending out emails. You know, you can just pick and choose which guests you like. Yeah. It's, uh, I've not told anybody no to be on this show. Yeah. But like, I've not struggled at all. You know, if, if you'd have came to me and was like, Hey, I want to be on a show. And I told you, no, I, I wouldn't have been worried about my next guest because there's so many, you're exactly right. There's so many people. I mean, people, are, all, people are always going to want to come on the show that are kind of my level because it's promotion, right? It yeah. Could be, it could be another five listeners. Um, but, and, but shoot for the stars, you know, why, why aren't you going for the big celebrities boost your own profile yeah i mean there's um and people my audience is listening to the show quite a bit if you uh listen to the courtesy flush episode armand talks about how he just emails like he just emails everyone yeah and he's got a couple like pretty not you know not like world famous people there but he's got some pretty like pretty decently famous guys like people who do YouTube podcasting for their career famous yeah. level. Yeah, I mean, you, you get so many people on like Reddit and stuff, and I, I don't know how to get guests on my show. Just email people, honestly. Yeah. Here's a here's a fun fact for whoever cares. Uh, if you go to somebody's YouTube channel and you go to their about section on their channel, yeah, they have an email address there. Just in case anybody was curious. Um, but yeah, also most I don't, side tangent. Most podcasts who are, you know, smaller, even bigger podcasts will have an email that you can email them at in their show notes. Yeah. Every absolutely. episode. So yeah, just, just email, email people. Ask them. What's the or, worst that can happen? Yeah. They're just not going to email you back. They don't want to be on, but who cares? Email the next person. Also Twitter, DM people, Instagram, DM people. Yeah, yeah. Like, and podcast guest exchange. I've said it probably every episode at this point, and, but yeah, just go there. See the, um, the the guest exchange is the thing that frustrates me because it's it kind of feels a little bit lazy, and it kind of feels just full of people that are self promoting. Yeah, if if you're reaching out to to people that you want to feature, then you you know it it's less about them promoting themselves and more about you getting a great interview. Yeah, for sure, and especially with, well, I guess for yours it's more of like academics and <clears throat> you know stuff like that. But for most podcasts that are, you know, this style or comedy, whatever, yeah, just email people. Who cares? Yeah. Sorry, that, ta- yeah. that tangented quite a bit. No, it is okay. Um, um, how do you guys decide? Because uh, you guys release weekly, right? Uh, every two weeks. Every two weeks. Okay. So every two weeks, or how do you guys decide on like the topics you're going to go over? Um, um, so right at the start, we did a massive brainstorm. And we had about a hundred different topics. Damn. Um, some of them we've kind of merged together. Some of them we've kind of scrapped. And you know, as as time goes on, if we're out and about and we have an idea, we add it to the list. And then every few weeks, we kind of go, okay, the next few episodes are going to be this, this, and this. That's awesome. Is there any like particular topic that you're excited about in the near future? Or? I mean, they're they're all miserable topics. I'll warn you. <laughs> That is true. Well, yeah. Uh, any particular topic you are excited to educate the world on within the next few weeks? 
Um, I'm really excited about our next episode. Uh, we did a great interview with with an, a guy that was falsely accused of rape, and you know, it, he was investigated. He was on bail for two years, and he went to court, and all based on false accusations. So, in what country was the? What country is he from? He he was in the UK. Okay. And obviously he was named, he had to tell his work, he had to tell his university, you know, he had to tell people he was hanging around with, he was featured in newspapers, stuff like that. So we've got a great interview with him. It's a really kind of emotional interview and I'm really looking forward to that going out. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think what episodes we've got coming up and planned. Regardless, I mean, it seems like you guys are very, very far ahead and like the plan, because that's not, that's a very hard part of, you know, having shows is just planning ahead. Like, hey, what are we going to do this week? And stuff Turns like out that. guys have a lot of problems. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> parental alienation is another one we've got coming up, which is um, where, where men lose contact with their children. Uh, generally, again, through false allegations or things like that. Damn. I don't know to listen to your podcast like in the morning or in the evening. I don't know if I want to start off on like a bummed way or... If you're ever thinking, maybe I'm a little bit too happy today. Yeah. That's the time. <laughs> Wake up on the right side of the bed and like, well, I need to level myself out a little bit. Let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm too... Too, too joyous. I need to just turn yeah. it down a little bit. Oh, no, but it seriously is a good, it's just a very good, um, it's important. It's an important thing to listen to. You yeah. Know? I mean, some of them are going to be pretty difficult to listen to. I imagine the, the false allegations one's going to be pretty, pretty difficult to, to listen to. But it's, it's something that affects all men, you know, that, that cute story about your first kiss could one day be an allegation of sexual assault. Yeah. It's and... really, it's really crazy. That's yeah, it, it really is like, um, as far as listening to it, you know, it's kind of circle back to, you know, the, the communities and the groups and everything. If everything you consume is only making you happy, then you're probably not growing a whole lot. You know, it's, there's, there's definite benefits in the uncomfortableness of learning. Yeah. Um, and that's what your Joe does. It's, it's uncomfortable. You know, listen to the body image episode. I was uncomfortable at times. But, I, I, I tried to leave a happy ending. You did leave a happy, but you know, there's there's another fifty five minutes before the ending that you know. I, I, uh, try, I try and bring it back at the end. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's it, it's it's. I don't want to scare anyone off. I think everybody should listen, male or female, should listen to it because, like I said earlier, if you're a man, you're dealing with it. If you're a woman, you know somebody who's dealing with it. But um, it is good to get uncomfortable and learn and do it. It, it promotes self reflection. I feel like because after the end of the body image episode, I looked at, I just like looked inward and was like, I, you know, I have these feelings sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's, I think also there's a lot of fascinating information. Like the fertility episode, I learned so much about sperm. Yeah. I didn't know that I needed to know, but it's just, yeah, I just found it all very interesting as well. So, so while there is this kind of, issue that we're kind of focused on you will just pick up some interesting information along the way yeah for sure i do see all the time 
Um, this is a very common thing I see on the uh, the podcast uh, subreddit. Not the guest exchange one, but the actual podcast one. People looking for recommendations of podcasts that go over stuff that they should have been taught in school or something like that. And yours is something that should have been taught in school. You know, I don't know what um, you know sex education is like in London, um, but if you live in the Bible Belt of America, um, it's not great. So. You know, people people in parts of America have no shot of learning about sperm in that detail or about fertility in that detail. You know, it, we it, don't... It's, it's kind of interesting because we were mostly taught, like, use protection, avoid diseases and, and pregnancies. And so you spend your entire life trying to avoid pregnancies and then all of a sudden you meet someone and you want to have a baby. And that's the first time you think about fertility. Yeah. Yeah, literally, that's the only time like that you don't think about it. The only t- only thing you think about is yeah, not getting pregnant or whatever else. Whereas, whereas women is, kind of think about it a lot more. You know, they visit the gynecologist. Sexual health's a bigger part of their kind of routine. They ha- they have their periods, so they're kind of more aware of kind of okay, that's one down. It's and, always in the front of their mind. Yeah, and and they're they're way more aware of the 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 age and kind of how many eggs they've got left and it's just not on the radar at all for men yeah i didn't even know what an andrologist was until i spoke to an andrologist i didn't get to that part of the episode so i still don't know what that is (laughs) so so an andrologist is the male version of a gynecologist oh i didn't know that was a thing right yeah How, how crazy is it that we don't know what an andrologist is I had no idea that that was a thing. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we have them, but I didn't even know. They That's exist. crazy because the only, the only time that um, until, you know, until you're at the point where you have to go like fertility, like you're struggling to get pregnant and you're going to like fertility treatments and that's when you get tested and everything. The only time anything gets tested on men is if you get a physical yearly, which, you know, once you hit adulthood, a lot of people don't. Um, They'll they'll uh, check your testicles for for bumps or whatever, but that's the only time that anything happens for for men, you yeah. know. And I know women; it's every year I think they go to the gynecologist. Yeah, something like something that. Like that. Yeah, and that's a very specific reason to you know not not even a specific reason. That's a very specific part of their body that they get checked at least once a year. Where men, you might turn your head and cough once a year. But it's it's awful that we don't even know what a male gynecologist is. Like it that, makes sense that's, that that's a thing, but again, yeah, I didn't know that that was one. That that's how kind of uninformed we are. Yeah, and that's, and I'm sure it's I'm sure it's the same across the world. I mean, sex education just needs to be better. But also, the other interesting thing that I learned about the fertility episode is that. If if you're in a couple and you can't conceive and it's because of a problem that you have, they won't treat that problem. They'll just take your sperm and they'll go down the IVF route. So it, it's male infertility is a condition that's never treated. Really? Well, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I've never heard of, you know. If the man, if it's the man, if it's a problem with the man, then it's just like, you know, they look at adoption or donors at that point, 
Yeah. You know, it's not treated. Whereas if it's a problem with a woman, they'll, they'll try to treat it. Yeah. Huh. I do have to finish that episode for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a good episode for what I listen to. That's the incentive for everyone to go listen to it, right? Yeah. I mean, I just want to apologize to the audience because I've just been dumbfounded so much that I'm going to have to edit out a lot of these gaps and me just <laughs> thinking. Um, but just been dumbfounded this whole time because, man, it's just... This is something that we've needed for years. A show like yours, just something we've needed for a long time, and I, I, I could see, and this is just me, you know, thinking out loud, really. But your show, um, it needs to be distributed to, you know, universities at the very least. You know, like that would be an amazing thing to have, you know, freshmen or even do it to seniors in high school who are, you know, seventeen, eighteen be exposed to things that they have not been exposed to in their life, which they will be exposed to. Yeah. I, I think, I think every episode that we put out, we're trying to kind of create awareness of something that we don't normally think about on, on a regular basis. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of our remit is is to educate people about things and kind of start that conversation. Yeah, you know, if for we sure. can, if we can blow you away with some fact or other about sperm, then chances are you're going to talk to somebody about it, even if it's just to show off that you've just learned something new about sperm, right? I told you I only listened about twenty minutes of it, and I've already told my wife about it. So I told her I was listening to an episode about the male fertility crisis, and she was like, "The male." fertility crisis how dare we you know well i mean because you don't hear about it like she until i said that that was you know yeah completely new to her and like um the education gender gap too now i've not listened to that episode i have a assumption of kind of what that's going to talk about um of course but like i don't don't want to give too much away but essentially teachers are sexist (laughs) All right. That's kind of the conclusion of the episode. All right. I love it. I actually hate it. But no, that makes sense, you know, because I think, I mean, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. Just, it makes sense because it it just does, you know, just, it could make sense to me. Um, It's crazy. It's just crazy what you guys do. And I know I told you, we talk about you a lot, but we've talked about, I don't know, we've talked about your show so much, but man, that's like, you have just such an interesting show. I want people to, I just want people to hear your show. I just, I really, out of all the people I've had on, I've had a lot of, a lot of comedy podcasts, a lot of self-helps on, and all those shows have been great and everything, but yours is very impactful to everybody. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I hope everyone who listens to this, listens to all the hosts I've had on, all the, all the uh, guests I've had on all their shows, but like yours particularly, I really, I really, really want them to listen to so they can learn a little something more. So yeah, I, I, I think, I think it is important, and I think the people that have listened to it and given us feedback, they agree that it's important. A lot of the academics that we've interviewed for it have said this is a really important thing. So you know, it makes me feel good that we're able to do it. Yeah, for sure. So to flip the script a little bit. 
Um, I ask everyone this, and I meant to ask you this earlier, but I was we were very wrapped up in in going over your show and everything. But if you and I were to get on an elevator together, what would be your thirty second elevator pitch for your show? Um, it's a very good question. I wish I'd prepared. <laughs> I do not tell you this question ahead of time for a reason. I should listen to more of your episodes, so I need. The yeah, it questions. is at the end of the episode, so. <laughs> Essentially, we're a podcast that helps highlight issues that modern men face and hopefully opens up the conversation and nudges people towards a solution. I'd listen to that. Yeah. Thank God. I would listen to that for sure. Um, do you guys, or do you, uh, do, you prefer, do you produce content for any other platforms like uh, YouTube or anything like that? No. I think we put episode one on on YouTube with a with a wiggly wave, um, but no, uh, pure podcast. I like it. Staying true to the just, roots. Just old school. No video podcast. No webcams. Just pure audio podcast. I feel that. As you see, we are not recording video here, so I understand that completely. I do go back and animate it all. I'm just kidding. That'd be so much work. <laughs> that would be fun, though, right? That would be, I think that would be a, a wasted talent on this style of podcast, but that would be fun. You could just, each episode could be different animals. Yeah, just different animals sitting at a table. It could just be just talking. two pigeons having this conversation. That would actually be funny. Um, guys, if anyone can do that, just know I'll give you 50% of any money that that episode makes forever. Wait, no, I, I'll, I'll give you 80%, right? <laughs> I, yeah yeah you know what 50 percent goes to you 25 percent goes to chris and i'll take 25 percent for this episode only i can't do the whole thing but no i you will also be hired i can don't have i can't pay you any money but interns are the new thing right no i'm just kidding um that's uh that's awesome man um how long is your typical episode run um so i don't i don't look at that at all um Essentially, because I do a paper edit, I just kind of am picking out the best bits of the interview and, and and weaving it into a narrative. If it's 40 minutes long, it's 40 minutes long. If it's an hour long, it's an hour long. I like that. You're not adding, you're not just filling in gaps with, you know, you're not just making it longer for the sake of making it longer. Yeah, I, I think if you aim for an hour, then you don't have the content for that hour. Then you're just squeezing out something that's not great exactly Um, i mean it's definitely quality over quantity yeah absolutely for sure well uh chris i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up so audience if you uh if you stick around till after the outro music you will hear a clip from uh chris's show go ahead and check the description or show notes whatever you want to call it there's going to be links to all the social medias to the the show itself and anything else he wants to be down there if you uh, if you could leave me a five star, a rating, review, whatever platform you're on, do the nice thing on there. And uh, after you do that on mine, go to his show and do the same thing. Chris, is there anything else you would like to plug? Yeah. By the time this episode goes out, we'll have released some more episodes that I won't have ruined by telling you all about them on this episode. Yeah. So definitely go check those out. Um, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the next couple episodes you guys have that you guys have coming out. And audience, seriously, the I know we talked about a lot of the episodes on this show, on this episode of the show, but we really didn't. There's so much more to those episodes with all the 
you know, I'm just some guy who's listened to the show. So I, I did not know what I was saying half the time. So listen to the professionals talk about it and, and really just kind of get educated on some of the things that men are facing in their day-to-day lives. But, uh, Chris, thank you again for, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. And I'm very excited for where your show is going and I, I can't wait to listen to some more of the episodes. I really appreciate the positive feedback. Yes, sir. Well, guys, thank you all. You know what to do. Have a good one. Bonnie meets girl. We'd met at a a party that a mutual friend was was hosting, and we, I mean, yeah, we we, we got on really well, um, and it was kind of just a really stereotypical teenage kind of romance. You know, we were texting, we went on a couple of dates, and from there, we were in a relationship for about a year and year and just under a year and a half around that sort of um, range. Eventually, the relationship fizzled out. We wanted each other to be happy, and we, we decided that, that we weren't the people to, to make each other happy, and that was, that was that. Liam moved on, started his university course, and everything was fine, until a knock on the door changed his life forever. They didn't say I was under arrest until I left the, the building. And once I'd left the building with them, they then sat me down in the car and said, you're under arrest for blah 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 and at that point you know something snaps in your mind and you're like oh my gosh what on earth his ex-girlfriend had made an allegation of rape against him at that point something inside of me just absolutely broke like i just couldn't comprehend what was what was happening from that moment i've 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 never been the same person liam was locked up alone awaiting interrogation so i was just sat in this box on my own just just completely broken but I sat in that room and I, I remember it, you know this blue plasticky mattress thing and curled up for just the longest time waiting for someone to come and get me out and of course no one does like you just you just continue to wait that's what happens following campaigns like Me Too and Believe Women it felt to Liam that the police were not investigating the truth but instead trying to build up a case against him. Well, if you're telling the truth, you know, surely you're just carefree. And it's more like once you realise that that their reasoning for why they're asking certain questions and the way that they're asking them and that they're looking to just find anything that might support her side of it, whether or not it could be interpreted differently or, or however. Liam had to come to terms with the idea. He'd be prosecuted face a long prison sentence and would forever be known as a rapist. If I went down, I mean, they could make every precaution in the universe. I was going to find a way to commit suicide. I wasn't ready to live my life in prison or just carry on in a place or it's just in a world where I was labelled something that, you know, I couldn't even comprehend, let alone do. Hear Liam's story in full, with legal experts explaining how pressure to believe all women is eroding the safety net within our justice system.
falsely accused on the Problem With Man podcast.